tonight I have a, a very serious message. And I call this, uh, I titled this message, Secret Devotions, Open Reward. Secret Devotion, Open Reward. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your love for us. I ask that you speak to us tonight. Lord, bless our guests, those who are visiting with us for the very first time. Lord, help them to know that they are welcome in your house. Speak to your hearts also, even as you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God has promised reward for the devotions of the righteous. He actually created these devotions for the righteous. So if you're a righteous person, God has made this, created these devotions for a righteous person to go through. And when you go through the devotions and you are faithful and you do it right, you are guaranteed a reward. It is impossible for you to do the devotions right the way God prescribed and not get a reward. That's faith. Because God is true to his word. So these devotions are what God is giving to the children of God. They are the deeds of the righteous. Amen? These are the deeds of the righteous. In other words, God prepared these deeds for the righteous to do. And in, in preparing them, in this deeds, God has prepared a reward. For every one deed that you do, you will always receive a reward from God. It is impossible for you not to receive a reward from the Lord when you do this, this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved. Not verse 8, go, I actually have verse 10, but I want to start from verse 8. For by grace are you saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that faith is not yours, it is the gift of God. And verse 9 says, Not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. And then he goes on after our salvation in verse 10. He says, for you are his workmanship. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. God created you as his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand. So before you were born again. God created you, his workmanship, in Christ Jesus, that you may walk in them. And these good works, the deeds of the righteous, righteous devotions, were created, prepared by God beforehand. And in these righteous devotions, God has filled, in, filled them with reward. This concept or this idea is so great in Scripture that God calls himself the rewarder. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, God is the rewarder. He rewards those who diligently seek him. You remember that? God is called the rewarder. So he rewards those who diligently seek him, who give themselves to these righteous devotions, the devotions for the righteous. And if you go through those devotions and do them right, God has guaranteed a reward for you. You will always get a reward. No doubt about it. There are three 
of these that God is giving to the righteous that everyone must follow. Every righteous person must do. And these are in uh, Matthew chapter 6. And they are charitable deeds. Jesus called them prayer and fasting. Charitable deeds, prayer, and fasting. God put these things, righteous acts for the righteous, the things that the righteous do as they live their lives on earth. If you're righteous, you will do these things. And what they are is God's way of making room for himself to bless you. That's called the reward. And if you do them right, you've made room for him and you will be blessed because God will not go against his word. If you do them wrong, in the wrong way, you receive nothing. So we need to understand that. The first one is charitable deeds. And we read in Matthew chapter 6, beginning from verse 1 through 4, Jesus says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Basically, he's saying, don't miss out on this privilege of receiving a reward from God. Don't miss out on this. Charitable deed is something you should do, but, and you will receive a reward from God but don't miss out on it. Do it right. And it tells you how to, do, how, not, uh, how to do it right and how you could do it wrong from this scripture. And we're going to go into that even more as we proceed in this message. It says, take heed. You know that word? Be careful. Just be careful to yourself. Take heed to yourself because what I'm about to tell you is so important. If you don't do it right, you lose your reward. My, your, my heavenly father has prepared a reward for you, for all of all righteous people, all that have been born again. You have a reward set aside for you for this righteous devotion that God wants you to do. He prepared them for you to go through them, make room for him so he can bless you. So he says, take heed to yourself. Don't act foolishly. Do it right so that you can be blessed. Don't miss out on this reward. He is the rewarder. He says, take heed to yourself or take heed, uh, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and in the streets, that they may, be, they may have glory from men. As shortly I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Most, of those, most people who are right-handed, they do it with their right hand, right? If you're left-handed, left please don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Amen. It says that your charitable deed may be in secret. So basically, if it's not in secret, you got no reward. It's got to be in secret. And your father who sees in secret 
will himself reward you openly. So when you do these things, usually God wants it in secret. And we're going to talk about what that means, doing it in secret. So you know that you're guaranteed your reward if you do it the way God says for us to do it. Because God has prepared this for us. And God himself, when he rewards you, he's going to do it openly. Everybody is going to see it. No doubt about it. Everyone will see the reward and give glory to God. Now, let me give you a background on this, why this is so important. In the time of Jesus, you know, there were different kinds of people in, in, in that region at that time. There were Romans, Greeks, and, you know, we have the Jews as well. Now, in, in Jesus' time, the Romans did not believe in personal charity. They didn't believe in that. The Romans and the Greeks, they didn't believe in any of that. They gave large wealthy contributions to public, you know, things that people, uh, projects, public projects, they would give to that. And it was common for them to give large amounts of money to public projects so that they're seen by the people and they get glory and people applaud them for what they've done. And so they didn't believe in that. It's, for them, it's done only for their own uplifting. That's the way it was for them. But for the Jew, it was a little different. The Jews believe that charitable, de charitable deeds can deliver a man's soul from death. That was their belief. Everybody firmly believed that. They believed that it was better to do a charitable deed than to lay up treasures of gold. They would rather do that than to, do, to, do, to, uh, than to lay up gold. They, they were not interested in that. So it was very important to the Jew to do charitable deeds because basically they believed that as you do that, as you do charitable deeds, you really will have a full life, a productive life if you do that. So the Pharisees were into that. Everybody was into that. Basically, if you're not doing that, you are an enemy of your own life. That's the way they saw it. So Jesus had to address it because everyone was doing it. And the Pharisees were doing it in a certain way. And they were the leaders, so everybody was following what they were doing. They made it clear, we're living good. We're really doing this stuff. Because this is what, but Jesus didn't say that this wasn't of God. Jesus said this really is of God. It's a privilege for these children of Abraham. But do it right so you don't miss out on your reward. They didn't realize they were missing out on their reward the way they were handling it. God wanted it done differently so that you can receive your reward. The point is, if you do this, you will receive a reward from God. A lot of Christians don't understand this. Charitable deeds, seeing people who have needs and, and having the heart to help them, that's very important. The Bible says when you do that to help them and, and you really do it the right way, you are lending to God. He's going to pay you back. Christians don't think about doing these things anymore. They don't think about entertaining strangers. The Bible says when you entertain strangers, that's a charitable deed, you might entertain angels on a web. Do we do this anymore? Do we, are we even thinking about this? Some of these things are important. They are there in the scriptures. 
Do not forget to entertain strangers. These days it's a little bit dangerous, but you can use wisdom. You don't have to do all of those. But if your heart is in it, God's going to show you how to do it right. And these things have rewards. Your heavenly father will reward you. Don't shrink from this. Don't shrink from contributing to the work of God. What we are doing in Nigeria, that's really wanting to help strangers. So that they can have the best of life. Heaven. And your heart is in it. You invest in it. Not because you're going to get anything out of it. You want them to have a good, the good life. That's a charitable deed. If you do it right and your heart is in it, definitely you will be blessed. When you give to help the poor, you're lending to God and God's going to pay you back with interest. So Jesus picked this up. He, he says, not if, it's when. This is righteous devotion for the righteous. God prepared this for the righteous to walk in them. So we have to do them. These things are very important. Doing a charitable deed. How do we do this? Doing that charitable deed. There is how to do it and how not to do it. If you do it the right way, you get blessed. If you do it the wrong way, nothing happens. But notice, the reward that you receive is not only earthly when it's coming from God. It's both here and when you get to heaven. You know, a lot of me, the early time of my Christian walk, I just thought God's every blessing, put it up there. <laughs> I'm going to come up there and enjoy them. Well, they walk on streets of gold there. I need some blessings here to, give some, to have some comfort. And the word of Jesus, I believe in Matthew 19, made it very clear that God is not looking to bless you up there alone. He wants you blessed here in this present world. He said when you give yourself to the word of God, to Jesus and to the gospel, because you've left this and you left that, he said you will have all of this a hundredfold in this present life and year after he bless you up there. So it's not just up there. That's the line. In fact, people in the world, unbelievers, people who are not Christians, they think, well, the pastor has a nice car. Why should he have a nice car? I thought he was supposed to have a nice car in heaven. We don't drive cars in heaven. Why? I don't need a nice car over there. This is where we need one. Amen? Not a pinto that's breaking down every corner. And you're calling the mechanic and can't get to work. And that's not blessing. God wants to bless people who obey him here. So that you can be blessed. And he'll give you the best. So God wants to bless his people. This, this the charitable deed we're talking about, this is, there is a law behind this. This charitable deed we're talking about that Jesus uh, addressed in this scripture the principle behind it is as good as the law of gravity. Always works. Amen? Always works. You know, years ago, some of us remember Warren Buffett. My wife and I actually, uh, we, we, we followed that. He gave $1 billion to Bill Gates. I mean, remember that. 
He gave $1 billion to Bill Gates Foundation because Bill Gates was doing some uh, HIV AIDS uh, project in Africa. And CNN, everybody says, what's wrong with him? You should have given the money to the poor. Why give to Bill Gates? Nobody praised him for it. The people were unhappy. Why did you give the money to Bill Gates? He's richer than you are, and you're giving him money to do work. And they went to him, what was the matter? Why did you give this money to Bill Gates? It's a billion dollars. Why Bill Gates? And he said, well, I wanted to give the money to help the project. Bill Gates, he's, he already has the system in place with his own money. Now I know if I give that one billion, he's not going to use any of it for management and all of that. The money goes straight. He wasn't thinking about Bill Gates and his money. All he wanted to do was reach out to those that have need. This principle works. I wasn't, too I wasn't too sure about what he was doing. I thought, boy, this doesn't make sense. I was wrong. Guess what happened the next year? The next year. You know who was the richest man in the world the next year after he gave a billion? Warren Buffett was richer than Bill Gates the following year. You go figure that out. The following year, Angela and I followed this thing. The following year, he had more money than Bill Gates that he gave a billion. <laughs> because this principle works. This principle works. He wasn't praised for what he did. But guess what? He who gave the principle was pleased. It works for everybody, just like the law of gravity. If unbelievers follow it, it works for them. The problem with the children of God, Jesus said, the children of this world are in their generations wiser than the children of light. The children of this world are practicing what has been given to us, and we just say, that's so nice, pastor. But nobody does anything with it. Oh, that was a good message. But I'm not going to practice it. You look, these are principles that have been taught to people in a different language. And unbelievers are excited. And they pay money to hear the principles that we hear every day in church. They take money. And they call them motivational speaking. And when you listen to them, as I already know that. It's in the Bible. But I haven't really packed it. Okay. It's right there. They are making money and CEOs are going to listen to principles of scripture put in a different form. Jesus has already told us that. If we will practice these things, we will be blessed. But we are afraid. We won't do what the scripture says. There is no faith. Oh, ye of little faith. But that's not you. God has blessed you with a lot of faith. Can I hear an amen? amen. And you can always practice. And God has blessed the Our Fellowship. That's my prayer. Constantly that God will pour out his blessings upon the people of the Ark Fellowship. God wants to bless us. Amen. So we can practice this. Let us talk about how not to do your charitable deeds. How not to do this. Matthew 6 verse 2 says, Therefore when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. 
Two things that you really need to know. You will receive a reward for sure. No doubt. But your reward is going to come either from God or from man. You cannot receive a reward for both. It's either going to be from God or from man. When you do a charitable deed, you will certainly receive a reward. Your reward will come from man or from God. If you want to really receive from God, don't receive the glory that should go to God. Basically, it's the purpose of your heart. What, what are you trying to do? Don't receive the glory that's due to God. Basically, this is what it is. Let me put it very simple. The one who gets the glory is the one that is going to give you the reward. If man gets the glory, then expect your reward from man. Basically, if you do it and you get the glory, you are a man, your reward will certainly only come from man. And Jesus, when he says you have the reward, the Greek word, the implication of that is you have your reward in full. Nothing more is over. That's what he's saying. You ha they have their reward. But if God gets the glory, God then will give you the reward. God will never fail. If you do anything and it's for the glory of God, you're doing a righteous deed, and it's for the glory of God, there is no doubt in my mind, based on scripture, God who cannot lie. He certainly will give you the reward. You may not find it immediately, but God's going to give you the reward. And believe me, the reward may pass you may leave this world and it continued with your children. Let me share something with you. You know, I never understood, and I'm going to give you this. I never did understand, uh, how many of you know John, John Osteen? John Osteen, good. And you know Joel Osteen? Yeah. When John was dying, the whole Christian community was very concerned about who was going to be the next John Osteen. It was supposed to be a woman. He was supposed to be this girl, April or so, because she could speak. And nobody really knew. I was at the funeral. And you can hear from those people, Kenneth Copeland, all of these chambers, all of these guys were there. And the sentiment continues, oh, who is going to take over? Well, you can hear it. But John, in the hospital, they said, he allowed Joel to preach one time. And he listened to him preaching on television. And he, and he said afterwards, he walked around just smiling, just being so happy. He already got his man. Everybody thought that was a mistake. But somewhere deep in his spirit, God had deposited it. That's the one to be the right person. And Joel took, took that job over. And nobody really knew what was going to happen. Everybody thought this ministry is going to fold now. Joel is never preached, and he was very, very uncomfortable. He's never done this before. He was more comfortable staying behind the camera. Preaching, that was not his thing. He's never been in, he had never been in Bible school, nothing. He didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, we see what was happening. I know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him. I love the man, uh, and I think now I understand what was going on. 
process. If you love Binningham, you needed to have listened to Binningham when he started as a young man. He made a lot of crazy mistakes. Many times I didn't want to see his face on television because he was saying things that were crazy. <laughs> and Christians would say, we love the miracles. We can't tolerate his preaching. <laughs> you see, he said some crazy stuff, but God matured him. Amen? But then I found out what happened. That's in my mind. I had met possibly two or three different ministers. You know what John used to do? John Osteen. John Osteen would bring ministers from around the world. One minister was telling me this. He would bring them from around the world. Possibly, I don't know if he was paying for their hotel bill. But he would put them in a hotel. And they are all together there. And he would get the best teachers in the land himself included and teach them how to do ministry around the world he was sowing charity budid he wasn't going to get anything from these people he wanted them to be successful there were some from africa from asia different parts of the world from india he would teach them and this minister was telling me they would teach them take them through principles how to how to and all of that he would teach them and then the last day before they leave They'll have a bunch of envelopes. And these ministers, the one who was telling me, they were wondering. They bring in this stack of envelopes, pushing it and maybe in a cart. And everybody's wondering, what's those envelopes for? And you know what John had done? In every, uh, every envelope, he had placed a lot of money in there for them. And they, they, every envelope had their name written on. This minister was telling me, minister from Nigeria. And he'll give to every one of them. And he said, when we get to our hotel rooms, I think he possibly telling them not to open till they get to their hotel rooms. It was shouting time for the pastors from around the world. They are high-fiving, running around. I opened my envelope. They got all this money. They fed them, taught them, gave. He was sowing. No wonder that ministry just, nothing different, no big deal, just shut up to number one. You can never miss when you give. When you hesitate, you lose your reward. When you do it with the right motive. He was, John Austin was comfortable. But I don't think he saw what God was going to do afterwards. Let's take the scripture seriously. And act with a good heart. And see what God will do. He said, God will bless you even to the 10th generation. You know, when God is dealing with me, sometimes I'm wondering because I, that thing was a problem in my mind. I couldn't understand it. And slowly, I met another Indian minister, the one that bought our old church, and he was telling me some of the things that they got, the blessings they got from John. And then I started connecting the, the dots. I see now why God is doing what he's doing. I can understand it now. Because you can never do a righteous deed. And lose your reward. With God. You just, it's not, it's impossible. Let me put this word, it is impossible. This is a serious principle. John wasn't looking for any glory from anybody. He just was sowing. His heart was, I teach them. So that they can go back and teach their people how to prosper in God. And raise many sons and daughters for God. My God. My God. That was all. They couldn't give him anything. But God gave him some, his, his son. and his, Thank God his, his wife is still alive to see everything that God was doing. 
to see the, the harvest that God brought to them. She herself, I heard her on television, she said, I don't understand it. I heard her saying that. We don't understand it, but we are enjoying it, she said. God can do amazing things. I'm telling you people, God can do amazing things. If we will listen to it, when Jesus said, be careful not to lose, to miss out on your reward. Take heed to yourself. And make sure you do this right. Because your father has a reward hidden in this deed. And if you do it right, it's like going into a field to search for precious stones, okay? You do it right, you'll find it. Do, take that thing, walk with it, and that germ is right in there. Do it, and you get the reward. That's what Jesus was saying. Don't do it the way they're doing it, so you don't miss out on your reward. And it's so simple. The way not to do it. I don't think the Pharisees, you know, after they gave in church, right? <laughs> Took a trumpet and started blowing. <laughs> See how much I gave. And then walked the streets. Hey, I gave large money to God today. They were not doing that. It was just a figure of speech. Basically, Jesus was saying, don't let your heart stay on it. Amen? Don't think on it. Just give it. Don't think on it. Don't think on it. Because when you think on it before long, you start saying, well, I'm doing a good job. Well, you're not going to get any word from him. <laughs> Look to man now. And if they don't give you any praise, you got nothing out of it. You give it thousands, but God says nothing. No big deal. And you're not getting anything. Jesus is saying, basically, you could lose that reward. Even though it was there sitting for you. You made a mistake. You did it wrong. And you didn't get your reward. God's so big on glory. Who gets the glory? God's so big on that. And I'm going to tell you, it's not saying, and we're coming to that. God's not saying you can hide it from everybody. I know when somebody gives a big amount here, I know. But would they lose their reward? I'm going to share with you from scriptures. No. It's the purpose of your heart that matters. When God doesn't get the glory, it's a deliberate thing. It's there in your heart. You know what you're doing. It's like the Roman or the Greek. They knew what they were doing when they gave large contributions. They knew what they wanted to be noticed. And they get noticed. And God says, you got everything right here. It's over. But when God gives, he gives you here. And even after you've gone, he starts taking care of it because he's, he doesn't forget it. He goes down to your children, even to the 10th generation. I keep saying this. It's the truth. God will follow you to the 10th generation. I read of a family, a godly man, years in the 1800s, that followed God and lived a life. And he, out of that one family came lawyers, one president, if I recall, vice president, uh, congressmen, all kinds of, none of them was never ever in prison, down the line. Because God kept taking care of their family. Yeah. When God has found a family like the family of Abraham, you don't know how blessed you are. Because if you are faithful to God, after you're gone, he, he gets a hold of your children. He says, he's gone, now I'm walking with you. Just like he said to Joshua, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Dead. You are it now. You replace Moses. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be exactly the same way with you. And so when you go, he, he follows your child. And when that one goes, he follows the next one. That's the way God is. God is such a faithful and a loyal God. He stay with you. I have confidence in him. Amen? We have confidence in him. Let me end with this because I'm going to continue how serious this is with glory with God. In Acts 12, verse 22 and 23, it says, this is about Herod. It says, and the people kept shouting after he gave a speech. You know, when, when you give a speech as the president of the United States, they analyze it and tear it up. That was a great speech. But for Herod, he gave a great speech and the people started shouting, the voice of a God, not of a man. He knew better. He lived in the land and he knew about God. John the Baptist has spoken to him. He knew better. He knew better. He killed John the Baptist. No big deal. God didn't do anything to him. You know that? God didn't touch him. He was still okay. Maybe some of the disciples at this point. God didn't do anything to him. But now on this day, he gave a speech and the people were saying, the voice of a God and not a man. It says, then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. Basically, he was still alive and the maggots were already eating him up while he was dying. <laughs> That's a tough one. He was already in hell. He was already in hell because I don't see how, you know, maggots start coming on you <laughs> right just, just after you die. It seemed like from King James, the maggots were already there. And that was bad. All because he didn't give glory to God. He knew better. He didn't stop them. No, I'm not a God. You can remember uh, Barnabas and Paul? Immediately they wrote, no, no, you're making a mistake. We're not. He never did that. He welcomed it and he knew better. And the angel of God says, that's it. You, this is it. God doesn't share his glory with any man. That's why people don't get the reward. And I, This scripture, John chapter 5, verse uh, 44. Jesus speaking, he says, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? How can you believe when all you want is to seek honor that comes from, another man, from a man and do not seek the honor that comes from God? You really cannot get along with God unless you begin to seek honor from him. Everything that you do, let it be for him. And when you do that, you will have the faith and you can receive the reward. Amen? You will have the faith and you can receive the reward. If your mind is to do something that will give glory to God and not for self, you'll receive the reward. But let me say this also. You can't start with the wrong motive. And God will let you know as a child of God. He'll let you know this is not right. Like Kenneth Hagin says, I just switched my heart in me in a moment, switched. You can switch it. And he said, I'm not going to go there anymore. Ask for forgiveness and begin to do the same thing right 
and God will give you the reward. Amen? He guarantees a reward. Amen? If you do what is right. These are secret devotions. We're going to be talking more about how to do it in secret. What does that mean? Because that used to bother me. Oh, well, I've done it. The pastor knows everybody. I can't hide it. What does that really mean? We'll talk about that. Stand up with me tonight. Secret devotions, open reward. God always rewards. You know, I'm so grateful to God that I know Jesus. And I'm grateful to God for the one that God used to help me to find Christ. I am so, so grateful to, to God for him. I've been searching for that man. I called people to please go help me find him. I want to give him personal thanks. Um, not because of earthly things, because I know I'm going to heaven. When I die, I'll see Jesus, no problem with that. I know I'm going to heaven. I have no doubt about that. My desire is everybody get to heaven. Bow your heads with me tonight. Bow your heads with me. No one looking around. If you want to welcome Jesus into your life and guarantee that you are going to be devoted to him, totally devoted to him, and to do what you've heard tonight, you're going to give everything to Jesus and be obedient to his word. Can I see your hand up quickly? Put it up and put it back down. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes we are so concerned about what people think and we miss out on God's word. That's not what is that, what's important. It's all because of him. Amen. Let's lift our hands according to the scriptures. Lifting up holy hands without fear or doubting. That's what the Bible says. We don't understand it. We just do it because God said to do it. It's so important. When God says to do something, his ways are higher than our ways. What blessings come through our hands to our life, we don't know. We just obey him. He says, lift up holy hands everywhere. Men should everywhere without fear, without doubting, and God will bless us. Father, bless your people. We lift up our hands to you. And we say to you, Lord God, that you are our fortress. You are our hiding place. You are our exceeding, exceedingly great reward. And we thank you. We ask that you walk mightily in our hearts to do your will, O oh God. And we know that the blessings you've promised, they are ours because you are so faithful. We give you praise tonight and we honor you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.